0: we're in Luke chapter 20 and and uh, verse 19 uh through 26 and as we've been going through this chapter uh these scriptures are all linked together they're all they're all part of a a whole in the delivery of the gospel and 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 not just separate things where Jesus is reacting to uh, external circumstances—it's all part of the the grace of God. And one of the chief scriptures that we looked at in our last lesson was that everyone was gathered together. All these ones that previously, the the Herodians, the Romans, the the Jews, the elders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the the—all these were gathered together. That normally didn't want much to do with each other. And they were all gathered together to do what thy counsel before determined to be done. And they were gathered. That's a, it's just not words. It's a, that word gathered means that there was an external force that caused them to do what they did, according to the eternal purposes of God, and that's what tells us in Acts chapter two and chapter four that that uh, the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God was uh, integral in in these people all coming together to accomplish the redemption of the church, even though they meant it for bad things, like uh, what what Joseph said, "You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save much people alive." and and so each one of these blocks of scripture that we've been looking to, they're, they're all linked together and they all deliver a message to the church that's valuable to us and and uh, helps us in, in every way. And so today uh, we're going to do part two of Render Unto Caesar uh, the things that be Caesar and unto God the things that be God's and today's lesson mostly. We we covered last week, render unto Caesar, and we and we we delved into the taxation system that was in place and how they all hated it, and 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 Jesus said. Uh, they asked him; they were trying to trick him into saying something that would get him arrested and taken to the Roman government for insurrection who had the power to execute him because the jews uh, had lost the power of capital punishment under the roman rule so they were going to get the romans to do it for them but they needed him to say something that would be a crime to the romans and religious stuff they didn't care about but uh, telling a million jews that were there for the passover don't pay taxes to caesar (laughs) that would do it (laughs) that would step across the line and So that's what they were hoping to trick him into. So here we are in in Luke chapter 20, verse 19. And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the people for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. And they watched him and sent forth spies which should feign themselves just men. Boy, there's just a lot of that going around where people are just pretending to be just men. and, And... that they might take hold of his word so that they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. And they ask him saying, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly and neither acceptest thou the person of any, but you teach the way of God truly. And here comes the dagger. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or No. Boy, we're waiting for the answer. <laughs> we're waiting for him to say, uh, "Nope, that's uh, you shouldn't pay tribute to Caesar because he's a he's a false god. He's a false everything." And and they'd say, "Gotcha." But he perceived their craftiness. Not only did he just see through it, but these people were gathered together to do what. Before had been determined to be done. He perceived their craftiness and said unto them, "Why tempt you me? Show me a penny. Whose image and superscription hath it?" And we talked about that last time. The little coins they had a picture of Caesar on one side, and on the other side it would have a little, little saying and uh, Tiberius Caesar. He said the divine son of, of Augustus and Augustus said uh, son of God on his and so they said, these are, these are the prime examples of idols that we're not supposed to worship and have anything to do with. Whose superscription hath it? And they said Caesar's. And he said unto them, render therefore unto Caesar's the things which be Caesar's and unto God the things which be God's. And they could not take hold of his words before the people. And they marveled at his answer and held their peace. <clears throat> you know, that's just a picture of the gospel. Unless the Lord shines the light in it, you can't take hold of it. <laughs> it just they you just can't get it. And uh, that's just a valuable thing for us to keep in mind. And remember what it said in uh, Thessalonians, we, we thank God we know your election because the the gospel came to you not in word only but in power and in the holy spirit it ta- has to have that combination it has to be mixed with that combination for it to for you to be able to grasp it to take hold of it so so last week we dealt on kind of the worldly portion of things and today we're going to be looking at the the second part of that which is render unto god the things which be gods and and this text directs our attention to the kind of the dichotomy of the life of Christians then and now. And there's nothing new. Uh, it's always been that way and it'll always be that way till the Lord comes back. Uh, and we always have to remember and acknowledge that all things are of God and belong to God. He created all things for His purpose and for His pleasure. They were and are created. So, And we read those scriptures from Acts that said it was all... According to the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, and 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 His uh, purposes and things, and and it's all for the redemption of the church. The church is His peculiar treasure. The scriptures tell us, and that word "peculiar" doesn't mean we got an extra ear and an eye in the middle of our forehead, or or uh, some weird thing about us. It means that word "peculiar" means a purchased, a purchased item, a purchased treasure, a purchased uh, possession. It means means we've been bought. We've been paid for. <clears throat> his peculiar treasure is created by him, bought by him, and therefore he is due all the honor and praise and glory for all things concerning the church, for concerning his elect, concerning his sheep. And In Psalm 100, uh, verse 3 and 4, if we quickly turn to Psalm 100, verse 3. Know ye the Lord that He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise, and be thankful unto Him and bless His name. In in religion, it's, well, we we know that He created things, but we have the ability to kind of create ourselves in salvation we have the ability to do certain things that that we couldn't do in our in our natural creation so why would we think that we can do them in our spiritual creation <clears throat> he is the god and he is he that made us and not we ourselves so back to our text in Luke 20:25 20, therefore this word uh, he said whose superscription is on that coin? And they said, Caesar's. And he says, okay, well, therefore, and he and he makes this division, this spiritual dichotomy, as it were. Uh, this therefore was the link to that previous verse which identified the ownership and markings of the penny. That that denarius was a Roman coin. Belonged to the Romans. They They minted it. People had the use of it but it belonged to, to the Romans. And he says, show me that penny and that denarius. And they said, it's Caesar's picture on there. And he says, okay, therefore, you render the things unto Caesar that belong to Caesar. The coin was of the earth, of the world, and thus it could only have reference to that world. And it could really not have any spiritual connection the coinage of the kingdom of God is, is different the coinage of the kingdom of God is spiritual it's not physical money and as the image of Caesar identified ownership conversely the church is also identified by the markings of God he has his stamp on us and uh, <clears throat> we understand that nothing in this world can buy what we have freely been given by God in grace and salvation and that's part of the message that we always have to we always have to kind of view things in this well we're in the world but we're not of the world and the the spiritual world and the fleshly world are are two different things <coughs> this is the flesh Things of the flesh are of the flesh and things of the spirit are of the spirit. They and they're they can't really be mixed. In in Isaiah chapter fifty five, verse one, Isaiah by the Spirit wrote, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters, and he that hath no money, there's there's no money from this world that we can bring and and obtain these waters. Come. He that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. You know, we spend money on on. You know, I just hate to think of how much money I contributed to mission fields that were just bogus. <laughs> I just, it, it it gripes me to this very day. Uh, why do you spend money on that which is not bread? We 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 spent money on on things that weren't weren't worthwhile. He says, therefore, render unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's. There in verse 25, and unto God the things that be God's. In verse 25 also and so Jesus brings out there's two distinct and separate worlds in which the child of God is a partaker <clears throat> that's an important thing for us to always remember in Hebrews chapter 2 if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 2 for just a second it says in verse 14 Hebrews 2:14. for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So we have to remember always that they were children. They, they We were children that belonged to God from eternity, in eternity. And we were children first and partakers second. And he said, likewise, Christ, Himself likewise, took part of the same he had an existence in glory before and then likewise he became a partaker of flesh and blood in the fullness of time God sent forth a son made of a woman and and became uh, a tabernacle with us in in flesh and so it's always proper for us to keep in perspective about our existence in this world <clears throat> and not to get too caught up in the issues which plague this world because of sin and the fall there's just everything in this world is is boy every day you just think well it can't get any worse than it was today and then the next day you say well we managed to do that the the bottom of that barrel has no bottom (laughs) you can always dig deeper and come up with more bad stuff and but you know when jesus was on the earth he was promoting the gospel and that he did a lot of miracles and things but they were just to do show who he was and to demonstrate various aspects of the gospel the The lame walk those that have no power of their own the, the deaf hear those that couldn't hear the gospel with their fleshly ears the, the, the blind see those that couldn't see the gospel are given eyes to see the lepers are are healed those that have the that thing that caused death back then it, and it was it, it was just like the world now the leprosy just kept getting worse and worse and worse and it just kept nibbling away at your exterior parts and till it just ate you all up and and then you died a horrible death what a picture of sin it just there's just no end to the awfulness that it causes and he healed that but it was just a you know those people that he healed even if he even if they experienced the new birth their body was still doomed to getting old and being affected by the things that we're all affected by you know he they there's all kinds of things that impact us as we get older we were just laughing about it this morning and and uh, someone mentioned earlier that they injured themselves and we don't snap back as quickly as we we once did and and i don't see as good as i once did and i can't bend over as good as i once did and and i've had to have all kind of surgeries to fix stuff that broke and and malfunctions and i have to take pills every day because my blood pressure is too high and on and on and on and on it goes you know and and so even though jesus healed a lot of those people of their physical things that wasn't the point of it the point of it was the spiritual application of it and that's the part that lasts that's the part that that doesn't disintegrate and so we we can't get too caught up and boy we're in this world and and it's just so easy for us to to get so absorbed in the things of this world that we kind of lose track of where we really are from and who we really are for and we have to remember that the world is totally impacted by sin and the curse of the fall and it's not going to improve in this life but it's always acting in complete accordance with the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God everything that happens every action everything in this world is according to his purpose and uh, uh, this morning we were commenting in the office of, on about sermon audio and and we've had i can't remember exactly when i was looking the other day it was like 700 people have listened to our messages on sermon audio and and almost a half of those are in Cambodia <laughs> if if you can believe that and another amount was in uh, Singapore more than in the united states (laughs) so uh you know all things are sermon audio created and working just to for the furtherance of the gospel and and so for the church our activities in this world are dictated by the perfect will of god to accomplish his purpose and his purpose is always the redemption of the church bringing in all the sheep to gather together in one all things in Christ, whether they be in heaven or in earth, and uh, you can read that there in Ephesians, uh, and <clears throat> so we always have to kind of keep that in mind, and 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 we always have to acknowledge that God is the driving force behind everything, and and most especially in the redemption of the church, in the salvation of His sheep, in the salvation of His people, and. <clears throat> In Ephesians two eight, uh, and through ten we read. If you want to turn in your Bibles there to Ephesians, chapter two. And sometimes we just we just read stuff and and just kind of we just kind of gloss over it. Norm's always talking about that in numbers. Well, I just speed read it just to get through it so I could say well I read that. And and sometimes we read scriptures and we think we know all about it and we think we know the so well that we don't really have to pay any attention to it but you know God always he's like this onion that you can just keep peeling back the layers and more layers and underneath that's another layer and, and there's no end to the depth and wisdom of, of God And so in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves that's pretty plain <laughs> that's pretty that seems like it's pretty self-explanatory as dr hawker always says we don't need to comment on that i mean uh, anybody could understand that it's the gift of god not of yourselves it's a gift of god not of works lest any man should boast because that's what we would do if we had any part of it we would we would boast about it well uh like that publican in the pharisee i tithe of all that i have i do this i do that and and i pray three times a day and and i i fast twice a week and i i i i I, and he boasts on all the things that he does that he thinks makes him righteous and that publican just says smote on his breast and said lord apply the atonement to me, this, the sinner. Because that's what I am, the sinner. And I have no works. I don't have any works. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> not of works, lest any man should boast. And then verse 10, as I think is the part that gets glossed over quite a bit. He says, For, not of works, lest any man should boast. For... And it relates us right back to what it has just said in 2, 8, and 9. We are His workmanship. Not of our works of ourselves. We're God's workmanship. Our salvation is God's workmanship. It's not of works which we have done. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so we want to note that the the good works here is in believing in the finished work of Christ are contrasted to the bad works, not of works. Works of free will, works of salvation by merit, or good works, keeping the law, all which originate in the old nature. That's the, the bad. The flip side is we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works and the good works he's foreordained that that we should walk in them always recognizing that we're just passing through (laughs) we are not of this world we are just passing through and the purpose of our being here is the purpose of God in gathering all things together in Christ our part is the furthering of the gospel for that is what god has ordained that's otherwise there's not much purpose in us being here we're you know the the people that in the genealogies like my we'll use my mom and dad for example my mom and dad I never ever saw them in a church except in 1974 when we got married <laughs> they came and for 20 minutes we were in the odell baptist church and and had our ceremony and then they said well we have another thing coming on at five so you guys need to get out so we all we had our little thing in the basement and then we left and so other than that i don't remember ever seeing them in a assembly where the gospel is preached not one time but here am i you know they were they were doing what God had foreordained that they should do, and and the Bible is full of that. You know, we see people that that uh, that were in the lineage of Christ that you wouldn't suspect. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so we always have to recognize that we're just passing through, and our purpose is the purpose of God. And and <clears throat> you know, he said in Corinthians that after the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. They can't know God by human wisdom, thought, education. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And we can only believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You've not chosen me, it says in John fifteen, and sixteen, but I have chosen you and ordain you, that means he's placed you or appointed you, that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So that fruit is, is the things of the gospel. It's, they went forth, he said, go forth and preach the gospel to every, king, every nation, to everybody even the ones you don't like (laughs) remember uh, uh, Jonah God says I want you to go preach the gospel to them Ninevites and he goes not the Ninevites I hate the Ninevites they are awful people God says well that's what I want you to do I want you to go and preach to them and he wouldn't have done that of his own accord but God kind of made him do it (laughs) He had, he had ordained that he would go to the Ninevites, and and after he spent three days in misery, which pictured part of the gospel. He went to Nineveh and preached the gospel according to God's purpose, and the results were according to God's purpose, not according to what Jonah wanted or liked or supposed, but but according to God's purpose. <clears throat> <clears throat> the Gentiles, you know they went first to the the Jews with the gospel and and they didn't want anything to do with it, or most of them not we can't say all of them because certain of them we have record of that Nicodemus, for example, who came to Jesus by night and and are others that Saul of Tarsus that were Pharisees of the Pharisees and Jews that that the Lord had mercy on, but when they were preaching the gospel in Acts chapter 13, the Jews went, Bleh! "We don't want anything to do with that. Does away with all our free will. Does away with all our our works. Does away with our keeping of the law. Does away with our tithing and etc. 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 And we lose power over the people." But the Gentiles said, "Ooh, we'd like to hear more about that." And so they preached the gospel to them. And in Acts 13:48, it says, When the Gentiles heard this, the gospel, they were glad. And they glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Religion always flips that around. Uh, they, they have dyslexia when they read that verse. <laughs> but the, it really says, As many as were appointed, as were ordained, to eternal life believed, and they didn't know who those were ahead of time. Otherwise, they would have said, uh, "You, you, and you stay here, and the rest of you are excused." They preached the gospel to everybody in the crowd, and and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed, and there was like three thousand souls added to the church that day. What a, what an amazing thing! Uh, we can we can as hardly identify with that today when. Uh, that's a big crowd. <laughs> in the Old Testaments, the, the saints knew the same thing. They were just passing through, but they they preached the gospel as they were passing through. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, uh, first, verse 13, in the Hebrews chapter 11, that great faith chapter said, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but <clears throat> having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, they believed them. They believed according to His mighty power. <clears throat> they were persuaded of them and embraced them. What a wonderful word. Saved me from my sins. Died in my place. They read those, those Old Testament verses in Psalms. my my mouth is so dried up it's like a potsherd. I'm hanging here. My bones are all out of joint from hanging here on this cross. I'm surrounded by dogs. All those things. Isaiah. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. These Old Testament saints heard those things and embraced them and confessed That there are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, isn't that an interesting thing that they put there? <clears throat> we're just strangers and pilgrims on the earth, partakers of this world, partakers of flesh and bone. <clears throat> Jesus said that we're we're in the world, but we're not of the world. in John chapter seventeen, I pray for them those whom God had given him in the covenant of grace. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Boy, if they just played that at the beginning of a lot of these commercials you see on TV for religion, <laughs> that that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> I pray not for the world. I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, And I'm glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. And while I was with them in the world, and he's kind of speaking in the past tense here, but he hasn't, he's still with them. But while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I've kept. We're kept by the power of God, it tells us in the scripture. I've kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. <clears throat> I have given them thy word and they embraced it. This is what it said in Hebrews. I've given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world if you just let that sink in a little bit they are not of the world they are not a product of the world we may be in the world in this old tabernacle and what Paul wrote in Corinthians if if this fleshly tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of God not made with hands And and he goes on to tell wonderful things Verse 14 of John 17, I've given them thy word, and the world hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. What kind of evil? It's the, the the old evil of works and and you know, in coming up in Luke he, he says, you know that you're gonna you that are born again Your parents are going to be against you. Your friends are going to be against you. They're going to take you and lock some of you up. Some of you they're going to kill. But he says, but not a hair of your head is going to be harmed. So we have that dichotomy part. And we we always have to look at it in that way. I pray that thou shouldn't take them out of the world, but should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. What a what a statement. What a thing for us to keep in mind here that and as we get so tangled up in the things of this world, we lose track sometimes that we're just visitors here. We're just passing through. And while we're passing through, we have a duty to proclaim the gospel and to, to show forth the praises of him that hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter in his instructions, and he is quoting the same passage that Jesus declared in luke twenty verse seventeen about the the stone that the builders rejected, and that's now the foundation stone he says in in first Peter chapter two, verse seven, unto you, therefore, which believe he's precious, precious because of the good news that he died for our sins and put them away forever. But unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed. They were ordained to that. They were appointed to that. Isn't that that a a powerful statement there? To, To us it's this dichotomy to us, he's precious to them. They're disobedient to them. They have, they don't want it. They hate anybody that brings it to their attention. And they don't, they don't have any desire for it. They stop up their ears. And the old Testament said they stopped up their ears because we don't want to hear that gospel. But he says, but in verse nine of first Peter, but in, in, in relation to those that were disobedient and stumble at the word that they were and they were appointed to that, but you are a chosen, a selected, an elect generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and again that means a purchased possession that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness in his marvelous light. And that, my friends, is rendering unto God the things that be God's. Showing forth, hey, I didn't do this. Why aren't you flipping out about all the stuff that's going on in the world? Well, I'm just passing through. (laughs) My job is to show forth the praises of him that made me like you last i used to be like that but but now i'm not and it's all because of the the grace of god rendering to god the things that be god's verse 10 of 2nd peter chapter 2 in which in time past, we're not a people you were just as others but are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but have now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, and again he brings up this, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Always remember that you're strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Not just, well, don't read that magazine or don't go to this place and play cards or don't do this or don't do that it's those things that are anti-god things that are anti-christ things that are anti-grace and those things war with the uh, soul and we were talking this morning about paul and his frustration with the galatians he says i just gave you the gospel and and already you you tried to change it You added things to it this you turn to another gospel that's not even another gospel it's it's a homogenized ineffectual mess that you created here that doesn't have any power and it won't work because you're taking away from god the things that be gods and assigning it to those people that you say well if if you want to be saved you must do this work of being circumcised or you must be baptized or you must be this or you must be that or you keep the law or all those things that uh, those works that we we've talked about over and over and over again they they war against the soul and there's no satisfaction in that in that at all you know the old testament record from the new testament references they the new testament is is just about 99.9 percent all just quoting the old Testament. Psalm thirty nine twelve says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry, hold not thy peace at my tears, for I'm a stranger with thee and a sojourner. I'm down here in this world, and I'm a stranger and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Strangers. They all admitted that they were strangers and pilgrims in this world. <clears throat> Psalm 119.54, Thy statues have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. This world that I'm in is just my house of my pilgrimage, my traveling. So the things to consider here, and we're just about out of time, but, you know, the king and rulers under which we abide in this world have been and are ordained of God, just as they were in Jesus' time and before that and in all time. Uh... Paul wrote in Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there's no power but of God and the powers that be are ordained of God. In Colossians 1.16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. So God just isn't, he isn't just a random uh, person that created things in the beginning and then just like an ant farm watching how it develops and saying oh that's interesting and he created all things he creates everything for him and by him and for his purpose and the perspective that things in this world are somewhat random that god only participates in certain instances and deny that denies his sovereign will and operations and promotes the erroneous concept of the intrinsic goodness of man and ability and and the cause of free will because that's what religion tells us well you're just we used to make fun of this all the time but he just mostly dead He's, there's a spark in him. And if we can just fan that spark. We can. We can bring him back to life. But the scripture says. We're we're clean dead. <laughs> dead in trespasses and sin. Dead. Uh, dead as old Lazarus. And there was no spark in Lazarus. And that's why Jesus let him lay there for four days. They said don't roll that stone back. Because it's going to be bad if you do. And he wanted to make sure that everybody understood the concept of death and him being raised to newness of life. and, and <clears throat> So that was on purpose. <clears throat> we're in a foreign land and we're obliged to operate and comply with the rules of the land or the world in which we presently are. You know, there, this basketball gal, world basketball uh, team she went over to a foreign land and tried to get away with stuff that they wouldn't even wink at here in the United States, but it was against the law there in that land in which she went and she got thrown in the prison there and just now got out here what a couple weeks ago and and they had to swap a spy for a Russian spy. (laughs) They had to trade for her to get her back in the United States because she she was in a different world. She was in a different land and she did not, she, she didn't comply with the rules there. But we're in a foreign land and we're obliged to operate and comply with the rules of the land or world in which we are and as so much as possible as long as we're not contradicting God. You know, they, they ran into that in Daniel. They said, hey, you know what? Let's We need to get those guys. So another tricky thing by the unbelievers, let's say something that we know that they won't comply with. <laughs> and that gives us an excuse to have them executed. Let's get them to, let's say well, on this certain day, everybody's got to fall. When they hear this music, they got to all fall down and worship this God that we built here. And, and they said, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to worship. We're, we're your slaves. We'll wash your pots and sew your clothes and sweep out your palace and do whatever menial work that we have to do while we're your slaves here. But we are not going to worship your God. O King, we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And Peter and them in Acts 4, they brought them forward and they said, we don't want you speaking or preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. And they said, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye, But we're going to keep declaring the gospel and, and you can kill us if you want to, if you can if God is through with us, then and it's in His purpose, then have at it. But we're not going to stop declaring the gospel. <clears throat> so we need to render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. That's from Romans thirteen seven, and And not get caught up in trying to lay for ourselves treasures in this world and where moth and rust doth corrupt. And always remember that we're pilgrims and sojourners in this world. And what are we to render to God? Be not conformed to this world. Romans twelve two. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. And... You know that whole 12th chapter of Romans. He kind of goes on and says, "Here's what you, here's what you have to kind of worry about, because it's real easy for you to get puffed up, <laughs> knowing what you know. Don't do that. Render unto God the things that be God's, and and that means to give way, to recognize and assent to a truth, a fact or a debt. That means to acknowledge something, and we have to acknowledge that." unto God belong the issues of death that salvation is of the Lord Jonah 2.9 he is our God and he is the God of salvation and unto God belong the issues from death Psalm 68.20 so we have to render to God all the praise and all the thanks and all the credit for our salvation and not from works of righteousness which we have done not of him that willeth, not of him that runneth. When we ascribe salvation to worldly things, like, well, I filled out this form, or I said this prayer that the guy told me to repeat after me on TV. When we ascribe salvation to our free will, our works, our keeping, any supposedly fraction of the law, we're really rendering unto Caesar the things which don't belong to him or his realm. And... and So Romans 9.16 It's not of him that willeth nor him that runneth but God that showeth mercy and we need to declare that clearly and declare the gospel and when when we go declaring the good news well the good news is that my sins have been paid for <laughs> for whom he did for an old he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son we were that coin had the had been that piece of metal had been conformed to have the image of Caesar on it and it was of the world we're conformed to the image of his son and he predestinated us to that that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and so we're stamped with the image of our savior be free in that and I'm running late here, so next time we'll talk about the resurrection from the remainder of Luke here. So be free. Thanks for your attention.